Hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome to International Student Stories. I am your host, Simon Hamlin. We get to visit today with Paige Steffi, who I've had the privilege of collaborating with on a few past projects. Paige is a senior customer success manager at a student ambassador company called Unibuddy. She graduated from UC Davis with a double major in psychology and Spanish, worked in the admissions office at Willamette University, and then ventured overseas to Royal Holloway, University of London in the UK to earn her master's in applied social psychology. In this part one of our two-part interview, Paige shares her early influences and inspirations, her appreciation of great stories, and how that informs her life, the power of studying in a new country and the increased empathy that arises from that journey. During the episode, you may hear some slight background buzz on occasion. That's because Paige is part of an energetic and dynamic organization. Before we jump into this episode, I want to ask for your help. We want as many people as possible to hear these important and inspirational stories. There are a couple ways you can help. You can subscribe and follow us. That way you're notified whenever we release new episodes. You can rate us. We love five-star ratings. You can share the podcast with others by clicking on share. And if you're feeling extra motivated, write us a review. Go ahead and pause this episode right now so you can take action. Thank you for your help, and now let's start part one of Paige Steffi's International Student Story. Hi, Paige. Hey, Simon. It's good to see you. It's so good to see you, too. I'm really excited that we get to chat today, and like, we're basically old pals at this point, but like, it'll be so fun to do this via podcast medium instead of as we usually do via webinars. That's right. Well, I'm excited too. And I was going to bring that up just so the audience <laughs> knows Paige and I have history together. We have hosted webinars together. We always have a really fun time talking and I think we have a good rapport and flow together. And so it was a total natural to invite you onto our podcast because we also, I work at Study in the USA. You work at Unibuddy, both in yes. the international student industry and we are, our companies are partners. So, yes, they are. And you're coming to us live from Brooklyn. Yes, absolutely. From the lovely Bedside area. So we've talked about our background together. Could you give our audience a brief overview of your overall background, education journey, and your current work in the world of student education? You bet. Yeah. So I started my journey in higher education as a whole at my alma mater. I went to UC Davis in Davis, California. And I kind of like a lot of people in higher ed just found myself very naturally pulled into the admission office after I graduated. I had been a tour guide at the school and really appreciated the opportunity to interact with students on a day-to-day -day basis. 
And so when I graduated, I moved into an event planner role there. And it was a really great opportunity for me to kind of see the other side of the desk, if you will. And I loved, again, working with the students. It was one of those things that felt really fulfilling and like something I wanted to pursue. So I moved up to the lovely state of Oregon after um, a few years at UC Davis, and I became a recruiter for the institution there called Willamette University, which is a smaller liberal arts college. I got to travel for them. It was really cool. I got to go to Texas and to California to recruit, which was kind of a unique opportunity to see students in a different light entirely as well. I got to read applications and really get a little bit deeper into the student journey, if you will, at that point. And part of the reason why it felt very exciting to come on this podcast was the fact that I decided during my time at Willamette to go back to school myself. And I also decided to become an international student myself. And so I submitted an application to go to Royal Holloway University of London in the UK. I was a postgraduate student in applied social psychology there. And while I was there, they had this system called Unibuddy. And it was a really cool system. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is something I wish that I had had when I was a prospective student looking at universities. And I was really lucky to be invited to be one of the first postgraduate students on the platform at Royal Holloway. And for your listeners that maybe don't know what Unibuddy is, essentially it is a, we call it like a peer-to-peer engagement platform. It's an opportunity for students to who are looking at a university to connect with a current student at that school. So through the kind of experience of being a postgraduate student ambassador on the platform, I got really excited about it. And it kind of naturally led itself into being curious about jobs at Unibuddy after I graduated. And I was super fortunate to be picked as the like second CSM on the ground here in, in the U.S. market for Unibuddy, which basically means that I get to take care of all of our university partners here at Unibuddy. I like get to talk to them about best practice and get to hear their student stories and all of this good stuff. So it's if I had to say one through line through my kind of entire university journey, life journey, it's been that I really love helping students find the place that's going to work best for them for their higher education experience. So Unibuddy was a really natural next step for me. (laughs) Where do you think that passion comes from for helping students? And also your background is in psychology, which is a really natural fit for helping anyone. So where does that background come from for both psychology and in particular helping students? That's such a good question. I feel like this background kind of comes from a innate love of stories that I've had since I was really, really little. I've always loved hearing about what motivates people, what makes them excited, what makes them do the things that they do. And working in university admission and working at the customer success level that I work right now it just weaves itself really beautifully into that space. I get to talk to people all day long and I get to help them discover things that 
make sense for them, be that in their higher education journey or in the way that they use our software. So there's kind of this like beautiful melding of getting to hear people talk about things that they're passionate about all day. And that becomes a thing that like feeds me really deeply, which is so nice to have in your work. (laughs) Growing up, were there certain stories that stand out to you or certain people who were most influential in your life? I mean, like most millennials, I feel like the first story that really caught me and grabbed me was Harry Potter. I have like all of these memories from childhood of being at those midnight premiere parties and like reading into the early mornings and having my parents come into my bedroom and be like, she's asleep on that book again, kind of a thing. Um, But I did also have a couple of teachers when I was growing up that really encouraged me to one, continue reading outside of those books and like expanding my kind of horizons there. But also those teachers were really good storytellers themselves. And that's something that, you know, when I reflect on my educational experience and the opportunities that I've had, you can't not mention those teachers and the way that they really fostered that interest in stories and storytelling and like will forever be indebted to those like lovely people who really encouraged that interest and said, you know, you gotta keep on with it kind of a thing. And then how did you end up deciding to continue your education overseas instead of staying in the U.S.? Yeah, so I think one of the things when I reflect on my entire journey that has really stood out to me was this kind of theme of when you listen to other people's stories, getting inspired by them, right? And so I had this coworker named Katie at Willamette, and she had done her master's in the UK as well. And the way that she spoke about the opportunity that kind of offered her to learn about herself and to grow into like an entirely new person outside of that master's program, it was something that I like sparked something within me. I was like, oh, this is this is something that I want to do. Like the way that she talked about that, the story that she told to me was just something that felt inevitable after she said it. It was like, oh, I've got to do that. Like this seems like an opportunity that I couldn't not try for. I had known since I was young as well that I wanted to spend some time abroad, if that was at all possible. And I wanted to try living in another country because I think it relates back to that desire to like more deeply understand people and the way that we interact with each other. And so to have this opportunity to say, I can learn about a subject that I'm really interested in. Psychology is something that I've always been super passionate about. And then to also have that opportunity to do so in another country was like, oh, this math, it maths really nicely. Like, I love that kind of opportunity there. Well, and I love seeing all the seeds that are planted along your journey from talking to the friend to maybe even the Harry Potter books had a little bit of influence of wanting to go to the UK. and, (laughs) And then just your passion for education and the teachers who have influenced you and you start to see all these puzzle pieces working together to say, okay, this all tracks. I see how you ended up in the UK for these studies. Simon, isn't it funny as we get older to like look back and see those kind of through lines? I feel like as I've been getting older, I'm like, oh wow, there's some like 
storytelling to be done there. You know, like it's all weaving itself together very nicely. Oh, for sure. I just had a friend who showed me the famous Steve Jobs Stanford graduation speech that yeah. he gave, and he talked specifically about that. How you do stuff, and you're not going to know how that's all going to fit in until much later. You mm-hmm. can't predict it, but it's so yeah. fun to then look back and see how all the pieces fit together and even stuff that you thought had no impact or was going to be meaningless on your yeah. journey all of a sudden comes back and plays a huge role. 100%. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> so talk to us about your experience as an international student. What was that like? What kind of, if any, culture shock you went through? And share that experience with us. Yeah, I absolutely loved being an international student. I think one of the unique aspects of my particular experience as a student was the fact that I was, it sounds crazy, but at 26, I was significantly older than the rest of my cohort, most of whom had come directly out of the UK British university system. And so they were mostly, you know, from the ages of 21 to 23. And very much I viewed myself as like the like mother hen of these like young people. I was like, Oh, look at me, this old woman in comparison to these students. But I think the really cool part of that was the opportunity that it gave to remind myself why I loved education so much and why I loved school so much. I recognize that I speak from a place of like immense privilege of being able to have the opportunity as a mature student to go to another country. But it was something when I was looking at the kind of financial situation that I was in, programs in the UK are essentially accelerated in comparison to programs here in the US. You do your thesis project at the same time as your classes. So you're only spending one year to get a master's degree as opposed to the two or three that you may have to spend here in the U.S. And it just felt like a really logical thing for me to try and compact that into one year and spend time feeling very inspired by these young people that I was spending time with and developing friendships with and all of this good stuff. I think from a culture shock perspective, There were a few things that were a little bit different, despite the fact that, you know, we all speak, quote unquote, the same language, Um, you know, going to the UK and hearing them, like, the immediate example that pops into my head is here in the US, we call the place where you go to the bathroom, the bathroom, like, it's just a natural thing. And the UK, they call it the toilet. And the first time I heard someone say, I'm going to go to the toilet, I was like, you're going to do what? (laughs) Where are you going? And oh my gosh, that feels so like, so strange to hear coming out of your like wonderful British accent. (laughs) Uh, So silly, but that's always the example that I remember of just there being these like little shifts in language and little strange moments where you'd be like, Oh, I am not I am not in the same place that I usually am, kind of a thing. And also just, this is 
me being like a total nerd, but I really appreciate the public transportation system in the UK. It is amazing how much more effective it is. I mean, there was a bus to go anywhere that you needed to go. I live in New York, which is arguably one of the best cities in the US for public transportation. And they're having a ton of problems right now, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say, my train was delayed 20 minutes this morning. So, you know, here we are. Um, But, you know, it's just in reflecting on that, it was such a cool opportunity to be able to open your eyes a little bit and really see how different countries operate and hear the way different people talk. And like, for a nerd like me who always has enjoyed those types of experiences regardless, it was just like, oh, this is awesome. If you could bring back certain traditions from the UK, what would you want to <laughs> import in and vice versa? Are there any traditions that you think would be well served <laughs> by, by the British well, to Simon. adopt from the US? <laughs> that might get into a little bit of a trickier area, but I will throw it out there for you to do what you will with it. I will give you complete liberty to do with this comment what you will, but I would love to import the national health system from the UK. It is stunning in comparison to what we have to deal with in the US. I will never forget the first time I went to the nurse's office on campus. I walked up with my little like purse after seeing the nurse and I was like ready to pay my copay. And she looked at me and she said, what are you talking about? And I was like, you mean this is free? <laughs> like I knew that it was nationalized healthcare and that it was, you know, subsidized by the government, but I had no idea that I didn't have to pay $25 to see the doctor. You know, it was just, it was a really delightful look at the way that things could potentially be. I also had many interesting conversations with my British colleagues, cohort members, if you will, just about the system in the UK and the way that it functions. Understandably, they have their own frustrations with that system, but it was very interesting to hear their kind of reactions when I would talk about the fact that, you know, here in the US, an ambulance can cost you potentially north of $2,000 to take to the hospital, whether or not it is a life-saving trip, you know, and just to hear them say, you have to pay for that? And it's like, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, you have to pay for the privilege to then probably get hit with another bill that's going yeah. to be astronomical once you actually have the medical work done when you get to the emergency room. Totally. And I think it's just, for me, it was a big kind of exercise in just empathy in general and this way that as a global society, we have a tendency to assume things about other countries or, you know, not maybe think as deeply as you possibly could about the way that other people exist in the world. And it was just this constant reminder that like, we can be better to each other. Not to be like too miscongeniality about it, like I just want world peace, but it is true, right? Like there is, there is something to be said for empathizing and understanding that we all are going through different things in our countries. How does your experience of studying in a foreign country in the UK inform your work that you do now in helping students, many of whom are looking to study in foreign countries? 
Yeah, I think it's an interesting question because it definitely puts, my experience puts me in this unique position of being able to say there will inevitably be moments where you question your choice, where you say, what did I think I was doing here? This is so different. It's not my home. I don't, I don't know if I made the right choice, but as we were saying at the kind of beginning of this conversation, I think when you get to the end of that experience, if you think about it in the way that we've been talking about thinking about things, you will recognize that it was one of the best experiences you could have given yourself at the end of the day. You will have a deeper understanding of more people in the world. You will be affronted more opportunities. I mean, if I didn't go to the UK, I would not have the job that I currently sit in and really enjoy. So I just think of it as all of these kind of doors that you open possibly for yourself. And why would you not want to open as many doors as you possibly can? Who is someone dead or alive that you would like to spend a day with? Ah, This is such a good question. And I think my answer is the person who I cosplayed as yesterday because it is getting to be fall here in the city. And I simply could not not wear the Princess Diana like outfit, which if you are not aware is bike shorts, a turtleneck and a sweater. Like there's a lot of pictures of her wearing this particular outfit. I think she would be such a fascinating person to have a dinner with. I would love to chat with her about her perspective on the world currently. And I think that she'd be just fun to talk to. I mean, she looked like a grand time at the end of the day. <laughs> what would be the first question you'd ask her? Oh, geez. I think I want to know what she thinks of Meghan Markle. And I think <laughs> she'd love her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think she'd like her. I think right? she would have to like her. She seemed like she was, you know, Diana seemed like she was kind to everyone and would have liked oh, her. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I just would want them. I think they'd get along, too. It'd be fun to have Megan come to dinner if she wants to. That would be a good breaking story, too. <laughs> yeah. That would be the, Maybe a we good could scare. get her on the podcast. <laughs> that, would, that would be huge. Yeah. That would be huge. <laughs> Groundbreaking. <laughs> yes, definitely groundbreaking in many, many ways. <laughs> well, thank you for this first part of our two-part episode. We've talked about your background, which I so appreciate and so fun hearing your stories and your perspective. And in our part two, we're going to get into your experience in the international student industry and your industry insights. So we're excited to talk with you about that. And thank you so much again for being here for part one. It's truly my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Simon. Thanks, Paige. Thank you again for listening to International Student Stories. And thank you to our team for putting together this episode. Stories are meant to be shared, so please pass the story on to a friend or family member who needs to hear a good story. A few other quick notes. I invite you to check out the show notes if you want more details on some of the topics discussed in this episode. For all the latest podcast news, stop by our website, studyintheusaglobal.com forward slash podcast 
That's S-T-U-D-Y in the USA, global.com forward slash podcast. Subscribe to the International Student Stories podcast to be alerted on new episodes. And contact us if you know of a current or former international student whose story needs to be shared with the world. Goodbye for now, be well, and much love to each and every one of you. Bye.